Thanks for listening to the Lida Coronavirus Daily. Over the last few weeks, we've been concentrating on covering the COVID-19 pandemic, bringing you news, interviews, analysis and special features. We'd love it if you could share the show with anyone you think might benefit from it and get in touch. Use the hashtag The Leader Podcast. Now, from the Evening Standard in London, this is The Leader Coronavirus Daily. Hi, I'm David Marsland. There is no end in sight to the lockdown. The message is getting louder and clearer that the lockdown will not end next week. In fact, it will go on for some time. Political editor Joe Murphy on why authorities want to keep it going for longer. Also, keep it simple. Do five minutes each day on your mind, so that's your mental health. Five minutes each day on your body, so that's your physical health and five minutes a day on your heart. That's about human connection. That's what many of us are missing at the moment. Since it is going to go on longer, we talked to Rangan Chatterjee from the Feel Better, Live More podcast on how to get through self-isolation. Taken from the Evening Standard's editorial column, this is the Leader Coronavirus Daily. For the whole thing, pick up the newspaper or head to standard.co.uk slash comment. In a moment, Joe Murphy on the lockdown. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Ambulances without sirens have begun bringing the first patients to the NHS Nightingale Hospital in London. It's begun operating at a crucial time, with one intensive care doctor telling the Evening Standard the work at his East London hospital is brutal and relentless. It's a situation reflected in countries all over the world. COVID-19 is not going away, and our editorial column says efforts must be redoubled at an international level. We're in a crisis that is hitting every country and every human being on the planet. So surely we should respond to it together, but we're not. It's as if we're part of a series of giant experiments rather than a joint battle. Will the German model of testing turn out to be right? Is South Korea best at using smartphones? Has China really got on top of it? What is President Trump's plan? Are vaccine experts sharing what they know? A joint letter led by Gordon Brown and signed by many former leaders and experts, including Tony Blair and John Major, 
came out this week and deserves more attention than it's getting. It calls for global health measures, including billions for a joint effort to find vaccines and a shared stepping up of production of protective gear, rather than a race to buy it. It also backs a massive economic response to support the developing world and stop a liquidity crisis becoming a solvency crisis in which businesses and banks go bust. If we don't do these things, we'll come out of lockdown only to find the world's lost the fight. But how long will that lockdown last for? At least in the UK, probably quite a while. I'm joined by the Evening Standard's political editor, Joe Murphy. And Joe, I want to talk to you about the lockdown length. But just as we start speaking now, there's an update coming through on Boris Johnson. Hot news straight from Downing Street um, is that the Prime Minister is, I quote, responding to treatment, close quotes, which has to be a good sign bearing in mind that uh, there is not much else coming out apart from that he is clinically stable and a health minister today said that he was comfortable and in good spirits. Building up to an optimistic picture, there was a report overnight that his temperature had come down a bit, um, but that's not being either confirmed or denied by Number 10, who are limiting us to a fairly thin gruel of information about the PM's condition. So that's hopeful news about Boris Johnson, but... For the rest of the country, there's not much optimism going around right now. We were, some people were speculating that the lockdown might end as early as next week, but it doesn't look like that's the case really, is it? I think the, uh, the message is getting louder and clearer that the lockdown will not end next week. In fact, it will go on for some time. Now, you've had today a battery of experts and political figures trying to make that clear, um, while obviously holding to the nicety that a decision won't be made until uh, next week. Um, but uh, Edward Argar, the health minister, said, now is not the time to let up. We'll be waiting for more evidence of a sustained downward number of cases or deaths. The World Health Organization's man, David Mabaro, said, we need to not relax it until we've got alternatives and in place. Um, you've had Sadiq Khan saying we are nowhere near lifting the lockdown. You add up all that along with several doctors who have spoken out on behalf of the Royal Colleges and I think you've got an absolutely emphatic answer which is don't get your hopes up just because it's a sunny Easter weekend coming. Yeah, of course we have the bank holiday weekend coming. But it does seem as if there is genuinely no idea really when the lockdown might end. There's literally no idea at the moment because uh, we're waiting to see sustained data about how the virus behaves. But we can sort of make some guesses based on the way that ministers have said they'll make the decision. First of all, they've said we need to see a downturn in the crisis, although they've not specified whether that's fewer cases or fewer deaths. Um, and they've said we'll need to see spare capacity in hospitals. At the moment, spare capacity exists, but when this peak comes, and Sadiq Khan said today the peak in London looks like arriving seven or ten days' time, um, that's when we might be finding capacity outstripped. That's when, if there's going to be a huge crisis, we'll be feeling it. Um, and you'll have to actually work through that peak 
and have capacity again before anyone can consider easing lockdowns. So the hospitals are clearly, well, they're under strain now. We have reports in the Evening Standard today about doctors telling us that they're facing brutal workloads in some hospitals. But also there are issues over care homes as well, aren't there, Joe? And you've brought this up with uh, the Chief Medical Officer, Chris Whitty. Well, I raised it at last night's press conference, um, the virtual press conference done by video, um, with Chris Whitty, um, because we're hearing reports from care homes around the country that they are not getting proper PPE, that they're getting flimsy masks rather than good respirator standard masks. They're not being given testing, and doctors and nurses aren't going into them. They're Skyping in. So when an infection breaks out, it seems in a lot of cases you've got staff with no proper medical training, and in many cases, people on the minimum wage, or just above it, um, having to cope with this quite dangerous and quite worrying situation. Um, we have a story in today's paper that uh, is a must-read. It's about Hawthorne Greenhome in Stepney, which has about 50 residents, um, and there are infections there, and seven residents have died with suspected coronavirus. Um, and that really does spell out the, the terrifying situation if the government has basically got a policy that it, it will kettle homes where there are infections. Um, Chris Whitty's reply to me was not very encouraging in the sense that he said, he's always said, this is going to be one of the toughest problems to solve and that we should expect a rising number of deaths in care homes. So over the next week or so, really it's not looking like a very good picture for the United Kingdom at all, is it? There's lots of signs for optimism. The case numbers look as though they're reaching a plateau in the next week or two. Uh, a plateau may be too high for comfort, but if it keeps within the competence of those highly stressed, overworked NHS workforces and within the number of ventilators, then we could get off as lightly as it's possible to get off, given the unfolding scale of the tragedy. Next. Although we're all experiencing the same thing at the moment in terms of this global pandemic, we're all experiencing it in completely different ways. Dr. Rangan Chatterjee gives his tips on getting through an extended self-isolation. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. So it looks like we're going to be in lockdown for a while. Well done to all of us for getting this far. But what's next? Well, you may recognise Dr. Rangan Chatterjee from the BBC Breakfast Sofa or his hit podcast, Feel Better, Live More. And he's with me now over Zoom. Rangan, how are you getting through this? I go through ups and downs, I think, like, like everyone. I think some days when... You slept well and the sun's shining in the morning. You think, hey, you know what? Life's pretty good. And other days 
you feel as though things are getting a bit on top of you. I don't think I would have been a few years ago, if I'm honest, but I think it's the way I look at life now and the way I try and apply certain principles in my daily life. I think they're really, really helping me now. What was different a few years ago? I guess I've done a lot of personal development work over the last few years and really understood myself and how I get fulfillment in my life. And I think in the past, it used to be a lot from external validation. You know, you do things that would make other people happy. And I've really flipped that over the last years and really understood that that comes from a lot of the way that I used to feel as a child and what I thought I had to do. As I got older, I realized actually that it's important that I do things that make me happy. Therefore, in this situation, if I apply those same principles, I'm figuring out, well, what can I control? Uh, I put a post up on Instagram literally about two hours ago, which people are really responding to, which is basically control what you can control. There's so much out there at the moment that you can't control, right? You can't control uh, what the government policy is, how many beds there are in intensive care. But what can you control? Well, you can control your attitude. You can control whether you watch the news once an hour or just once a day. You can control, do you phone a friend or your parents each day? I've spoken to prisoners. I spoke to John McAvoy, he was one of the most notorious criminals in this country. At the age of 24, he's locked up next to the 7-7 bombers in the highest security prison. And he was in solitary confinement for almost five years, not allowed out of his cell for 23 hours in every 24 hours. Many of us are feeling that we're in confinement, right? And John said, what I needed to do was I needed routine. I realized that routine was king for me. Every morning I would get up at exactly the same time and then I would do a prison circuit workout. I said, well, you fit back then? He goes, no, I used to drink too much. I was taking a lot of drugs, but I realized that when I moved my body each day, I felt better about myself. My mood was better. I felt more in control. Um, and then you can, you can look at Nelson Mandela when he was in prison for what, 27 years, I think it was, right? he would have to go and work in the quarry. You know, they did a lot of manual labor in the prison. He'd have to go and do a lot of that work. But when he got back into a cell, now I don't know if he did it every day or whether it was four days a week, but he would run for 45 minutes on the spot. Although we're all experiencing the same thing at the moment in terms of this global pandemic, we're all experiencing it in completely different ways. Yeah, I wonder though if people, are putting pressure on themselves to achieve something during this lockdown period. You know, oh, I, I can write that book that I always meant to write or, or, or do something amazing. When actually all you have to do is just kind of get through it and do the little thing. Keep it simple. Do five minutes each day on your mind. So that's your mental health. Five minutes each day on your body. So that's your physical health. And five minutes a day on your heart, which is that human connection. I'll give you an example. The mental health piece, so the five minutes on your mind, could be a breathing uh, exercise. It could be journaling. Simply writing down your worries and your anxieties is so, so powerful. You take it out of your head and put it down onto paper. It could be five minutes of nature. We know nature lowers our stress levels and helps improve our mental health. If you're lucky enough to have a garden and you have a morning cup of tea, why not sit outside in the garden and actually have your cup of tea while listening to the birds? move your body each day, right? You don't have to go and run a two hour uh, 15K like you see your buddy posting on Instagram. <laughs> hey, I'm only out once a day. I made it count today. I did 15K, right? Fine, if your body can do that. But for you, I'd say just make sure you've moved. I'm skipping on my patio. 
right? So easy. It makes me feel really good. The other thing I say to people is think about dancing, right? Dancing is incredible. Crank up the tunes. I've currently got um, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Blood Sugar Sex Magic back on. And I'm thinking, I'm just rocking out to it at home. And I feel like, I feel like a million dollars afterwards because you can't feel anxious and you can't even cry and feel sad when you're dancing to an upbeat tune, right? So that's a little tip for people, especially people with kids or families. Final piece is do at least five minutes a day on your heart. And you know, David, that's about human connection. That's what many of us are missing at the moment because we can't see our parents. We can't see our friends. We can't see our work colleagues, right? Which is so important for our well-being. So make sure you're using technology, like have a Zoom call with someone like we're doing now. Do an act of kindness each day, right? Kindness is incredible. Kindness isn't just good for the other person who receives the kindness. Kindness is actually probably more beneficial for the person who actually does that act of kindness. In our street last night, uh, one of the elderly women who live here, um, she has Alzheimer's and she disappeared from her house. And the entire street, was looking for her out of our windows couldn't leave the houses all looking for this woman eventually she she came back of her own accord it's quite an incredible thing how we can become closer even while we're being self-isolated isn't it yeah i think i think you've hit the nail on the head of david i think a lot of us are experiencing things like that where you know we're we're getting shopping for our elderly neighbors and then and then you think hold on a minute what happened in society where we're now lauding ourselves for doing the basics of looking after the people around us. You know, what happened? Where did we go off track? I live nearby my mum to help look after her. Mum's 79 at the moment. You know, hugging her was something I probably took for granted. And now I'm like, oh my God, I've not touched her for four weeks, even though she lives five minutes away from me. Um, and, and I think that incredible gratitude that many of us are now feeling about the small things I really hope that stays with us. And I would really encourage people, this is what I'm doing every morning. I'm writing down a few things that I'm grateful for because I don't want to forget this. When this is all over, I don't want to forget. I want to remember how I felt. So if I do start going off track and getting too busy and forgetting this stuff, it will be a little nice reminder to actually bring me back. And that's the Leader Coronavirus Daily. You can keep up with all the latest COVID-19 developments with the Evening Standards live blog, which you'll find at standard.co.uk. And we also have morning briefings available at 7am through your smart speaker. Just ask for the news from the Evening Standard. This podcast is back tomorrow at 4pm. <laughs>